1: Concerning the Ten Commandments of the Last week we talked about the first six of them. Is that good? Yeah. We learned from the Word of God in the New Testament that God does not want to be ignorant. Correct. God does not want to be ignorant. There is so much ignorance in the body of Christ's saints. Yep. He said, Be not ignorant. First, of, first off, he said, we found out he in we don't have of the necessity of believers being in regular very, very, very fellowship. You know, it's a good thing to go to church. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a good thing to be in church on Sunday. Everybody comes together. Yeah. It's a good thing. Amen. Eagerness keeps us out of church. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what good is doing for you. Yeah. Until so you miss it. Right. Secondly, we learned that we should not be ignorant of God's righteousness and how to receive it. Yeah. About that. Amen. This church knows that. How many of you know how to get being righteous? How have, have, have righteousness come? Amen. How does it come? Faith. Faith in Jesus. It's the only way. You're not made righteous by how you perform. That's right. right. You made a Mormon by how you perform. Before becoming <laughs> a yeah. Christian, made righteous by how you believe. Yeah. yeah. Number Three, Everyone was, be not eager for God's blessing on Israel in this day. That's why this might be the
2: king of gospel is it's not the gospels of Speaking in tongues is a sign to unbelievers, not a, not a fearful thing. It's a sign to them. That's what the word of God says. But you have to do it for, for it's a sign. It's not a sign to anybody if you don't do it. That's right. You hear me? It's not a sign to anybody if you don't do it. Amen. That was collectively a sign. Number six, be not ignorant of the fact that God does not bring you trouble. Amen. This is where the church is completely ignorant, mostly. Yeah. They think anything that happens to them comes from God. Let me, let me say today straightly to you, not everything that happens to you comes from God. A lot of things happen to you that don't come from God at all. Coming from his enemy, your enemy, God's enemy is your enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer. The devil is real. You need to understand this. He's real. He hurts you if he can. But you have the right to fight, stand against him and all his all his wiles. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, a little bit more. Which is number seven leads us to number seven. Be not ignorant, ignorant of Satan's devices. Yeah. Be not ignorant of Satan's devices. Let's pick up right there. I'll get you a scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 10. In verse eleven, here's Paul talking to this church. Okay, read on, Miss Anne.
0: To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave it I, in in, in the person of Christ.
2: Okay, so he's saying, I'm just going to trust Jesus with this. I'm going to trust Christ with this. If you forgive him, I forgive him. Okay, if you forgive him, I. For- he didn't really want to. He did not really want to do this, but because he wasn't there when the guy repented. But apparently, the guy repented. We think this may be the guy in 1 Corinthians chapter five who was sleeping with his mother with his stepmother. Yikes!
0: List. <laughs> <laughs> Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices.
2: Amen. He has devices, y'all. Yes, yeah. Devices, no more than one. But here he's talking about the d- device of device- divisiveness. Yeah. Talking about the device of division. That's what Paul's t- talking about right here. He said that the, devil, the devil will get an advantage of us if we get divided. Okay. Yeah. You hear me? Mm-hmm. This is why the church is not, is not taking over the world, because of our denominational dividing lines. All the stuff we let divide us from other, other, other believers. I. uh was reading in Ephesians six, eleven and 12 one day in class, talking about the Holy Spirit. Had a young man on the front row wanted to read for me like Miss Anne reads for me. I'd have my students read for me. He read this Just put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the willies of the of the devil. <laughs> the willies of the devil. I went, Ugh, I've had those before. I had, had had the devil willies before. How many ever, ever, ever had them? You ever seen anybody possessed? You get the willies. Yeah. The wiles of the devil, the schemes of the, the enemy. Apparently, Paul believed that divisiveness was one of the great wiles of, of the enemy. Yeah. Why? Because Satan knows how to how dangerous you are when you agree with other believers. He knows how dangerous you really are when you're in, in sync with others. Yes. Matthew 18:19 says, Jesus said this, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Then came Peter to, to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I Say so said, my brother sinned against me, and I forgive him. Seven times seven. Jesus said, Jesus said to him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. You see what, he, what Peter went to? I'm going to be in agreement with my brother. It means I'm going to have to forgive him. I have to forgive him if he and I are going to be one. I took him out right to forgiveness. You see that? That's where division comes in. Paul said, if you forgive him, I forgive him. Okay, we're not going to be divided over our forgiveness. It's exactly where Peter went when he heard Jesus talk about being in unity with with your brother. Being in unity, being in agreement, because you can't be if you're unforgiving. Hear me. Hear me. All for the sake of agreement, because agreement is a powerful tool for you. It says like this, Psalm 133, says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like what? The anointing oil on Aaron's head anointing, the anointing oil of, of, of authority. Aaron's head is authority. The anointing oil of authority and ministry. Listen to me. The unity and o- anointing oil have nothing in common. Nothing in common. You don't smell better just because you're in unity. You do know, if you had that oil on you, though. It's full of full of nice nice aloes and spices and things. Unity doesn't make you slick, slippery, oil does. Unity doesn't doesn't make you hair lay down your head, oil does. What could he mean that the unity and anointing oil are just alike? What could he mean? It means whatever the anointing will do, unity will do agreement will do you need miracles in your life get in agreement with somebody if you can't get it, get it get somebody to agree with you amen find somebody to hold your hand and say i'm with you brother you see your mountains will go away your, your your challenges become lessened your strength will come back to you like mine's coming back to me glory to god get in agreement with god by being in agreement with somebody else another, another, another believer agreement so important I want to read the rest of that Psalm 133 as the dew of Hermon as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion therefore there the Lord commanded the blessing even life forevermore and everything that flows out of the eternal life comes to you even now how is the agreement like anointing it's like it because it, whatever the anointing will do agreement will do so Satan seeks to d- divide us. Yeah. Seeks to divide us. Yes, seeks to make us hate each other. Be unforgiving toward one another. It starts in the home too. Yeah. Don't get quiet on me just because I'm preaching good. Yeah. It starts in the home. Right. You bring it to church, but it starts in the home. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, denominations and factions and all kinds of church, secular church ideas are allowed to exist because because we don't want to address that because it, it it's part of our life. We we accept divisions and we accept sectarian doctrines. We, we accept denominations as though it's a distinction of some kind. No, it's not. It's an unforgiveness. It's a it's a di- di- diabolical plot to keep the church divided. Yes. Amen. amen. I'm right whether you say or, or, amen or not. I'm still right. We <laughs> <laughs> need to call them what they are. My denominations, demonic devas- divisiveness. Yep. I heard a, about a kid that ordered a pizza that put on his pizza hut. <laughs> Guy ordered a pizza. Said, yeah, I want a pepperoni pizza with jalapenos on it. I want double jalapenos on it. I want it hot. <laughs> you got, The kid said, What's your your access code on the back of the card? It said 666. Yeah. <laughs> he put his hand over the phone and said, Hey, the devil just ordered a pizza. What shall I do? <laughs> well, <laughs> you just stop looking for every demon under every pizza box. Yeah. Look to the modern day church and see the devil. Divisiveness yeah. in the church is demonic keeps us away from each other be not ignorant of this be not ignorant of this of the devil's devices to keep us apart number 8 is be not ignorant of the rapture of the church and the resurrection oh wow wow we want to see some things today It's a shouting ground here rapture of the church and the resurrection amen so much of what is called kingdom teaching has robbed the church of this knowledge and made them ignorant of the rapture of the church. Remember, this is part of Paul's gospel. Rapture is part of what Paul taught us the gospel, rapture of the church. You don't find something else, go someplace else in the Word of God, but you can't find, you can't find it by the church going through the tribulation in Paul's gospel. You cannot find it in Paul's doctrine anywhere. That the church is going through some kind of tribulation—that's a false doctrine. That's a false doctrine. I'm not guessing. I'm telling you what Paul said. So it's so important to know what Paul taught. If you try to mix Daniel and Revelation with Paul, you're going to mess up the ch- mess up the Word of God. It's always been that way. Paul taught you the, what you needed to know as Gentiles. Glory to God. Look, let's look at Paul's end time teaching. I want to read you something. So, Though some suggest the rapture is simply an escapist teaching, that they, they say that's just escapist theology. Well, they forget the principle of separation found throughout the Bible. There's a principle of escapism throughout the entire Word of God. Noah escaped death by the by the ark, did he not? Lot escaped the destruction of Sodom, did he not? The Hebrews escaped death and the death, death angel in Egypt did he not? Were they taken out or were they? Were, were they there? They were taken out. Rahab escaped death when the walls of Jericho fell. She was a lying Canaanite prostitute, and she escaped. She lied for the right reason. She lied for the, for God's side. Amen. Let's look at Paul's doctrine. First First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, Chapter Four. Verses 1 through 12 just tell us, just describe the normal normal Christian life. You read it yourself, but I'm, I'm going to have Miss Anne time in about, about verse 10. Start at 10, 10. Start at 10. I don't want you to read the whole thing. But, but it'll, it'll show you verse 10, 11, and 12. And read on from 13 to the end is the rest of Paul's doctrine in this. Okay.
0: And indeed ye do it toward all brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Now, what
2: he said in verse 9 was that you love one another, increasing love, just increasing love. That's what he's talking about. Is this normal Christianity? It's just a normal Christian life, isn't it? He's just talking about the normal Christian life here. Not anything extraordinary going on. Just live a normal Christian life. Be be loving and grow in your love. Read on. And that you
0: study to do your own business and to work with your
2: own hands. Hey, is this Christianity or not? This Christianity 101. Just be good Christians. Work hard. Have enough money to pay all your bills and to give to others. You know, do, do the right thing. Ha- handle your business properly. As we commanded you. You know. That
0: you may walk honestly toward them
2: that are without Okay, those on the outside of the covenant that means that you have a good testimony. As a Christian, you need a good testimony for the people who are on the outside of the, this covenant. So they can see you, the way you live your life. That's what he's talking about. Read on.
0: And that they may... Whoops. And that ye may have lack of
2: nothing. So there's going to be plenty for you. He wants you to have lack of nothing. If you lack nothing, that means you have more than enough. That's right. If you lack nothing, that means you have more than enough. Okay? More than enough to do your will and God's will too. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. It's a prosperity passage. It's for Christians to live live above it, the, the normal life. All that stuff you used to waste money on cigarettes and booze and drugs and wine, women, and song. Yeah, you, you have all that and extra money now. Amen. Glory to God. To live, to live, to have more than enough. Have have enough. More than enough, really. Talking about be being prospered, lacking nothing. See, that's a good thing. Look at verse verse thirteen now.
0: But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren.
2: Don't be ignorant. Somebody, look at somebody and say, "Don't, be ignorant.
0: Don't, be, Don't ignorant. be ignorant." Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Oh, there we go. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Do we? Amen. Yes, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus. Do
2: you have anybody out there in the graveyard? I have a few in the graveyard.
0: Jesus sleep. Even so, them also which
2: sleep in Jesus will God bring with in? Okay, so, so they're not really in the graveyard. If they're saying they're with Him. You can bring them back with Him. Verse 15.
0: For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are
1: asleep.
2: <clears throat> oh, well, the bodies are asleep, but their spirits are in heaven. As Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 5, to be absent from the bodies to be present yes. with the Lord. So that's where we know that's where they are. He's going to bring them back. Billy, Billy Graham will come back with them. Right. Oh, I love that I right. mm-hmm.
1: Yes. For the
0: Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. The and last trumpet Christ shall rise first.
2: Okay, so they're going to rise up first. Then what?
0: Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Amen. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be.
1: How long? Ever.
2: Forever. Forever. This is it. That's all it is for us. Listen to me. We've been sold a bill. We've been sold a of goods about their end times. I don't see any. You see any tribulation in this, this? This whole passage. We're just living our normal Christian life, and we hear a trumpet sound. Amen. This goes off, and we go away. That's pure and simple. That's what Paul taught us. If Paul didn't put that tribulation in there for us, he's lying to us right here. It's a big, fat lie this whole chapter is. If, if we've got tribulation to go through. I mean, listen, there's tribulation right now. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing about the great tribulation mentioned in re- Revelation. That comes after you're gone. Yeah. It starts when you leave. Yeah. It starts right about when you leave. Yeah. You see that? It's going to set off. Imagine every Christian being gone. Yeah, right. Every airline pilot who's saved going away. Every politician around the world is saved. There'd be three or four of them. Yeah. <laughs> And it goes off to heaven. Every lawyer, no, not all let, 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 let see uh every no, doctors, <laughs> school teachers, all just disappear, go off into heaven. Amen. Amen. See, it's gonna set off a calamity, uh, it's gonna be a big crisis in the earth, and that's when it starts the end times. Look at Second Corinthians chapter two, Miss Anne. Still in Paul's doctrine, or still with Paul. You're not gonna hear me drag Daniel into this. I'm not going to drag the revelation into this. I'm not going to drag anything into this. I'm going to teach you what Paul said. That's who you need to hear. Listen to. Hear me, hear me, you see, me, see my point? Yeah. 2 Thessalonians. <laughs> I said Corinthians. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1.
1: All right.
0: Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our
2: gathering together unto him. Our gathering together unto him is called what? The rapture of the church. Our gathering together. He's going to define this a little bit more.
0: That you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by the spirit, nor by the word, nor by a letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand.
2: So Paul is saying, two thousand years ago, the day of Christ is not at hand. It's not at hand. It's not not at hand. He didn't expect it to happen right then. Paul was not expecting Jesus to come back right then. He said because something's going to happen before. There'll be something, there'll be a sign that sets it off. What's going to set it off? Read on. Let no man deceive you.
0: Let no man deceive you by any means.
2: The church has been so deceived by men who think, men they, think they know what the Bible says.
0: For that day shall not
2: come, shall not come.
0: except there come a falling away. Stop
2: right there. That word is apostate. That word is apostate. Past I think, something like that, and it can mean a departure. This is it could have been it could have been translated a departure just as well as falling away. There is nothing in the Word of God that ever, ever indicates that the church is going to, the church is going to backslide. Nothing in the Bible that says that ever. Never says that in any any place. The bad mess translation should have said departure. Okay, we don't.
0: And that man of sin be revealed, ah. the
2: son of perdition. You're, you're going to depart, and the man of sin is going to be re- revealed, okay? You see that?
1: Read on.
0: <laughs> Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God? Read on. Remember ye not, that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time.
2: Something's holding him back.
0: Right.
2: Let's see what that is.
0: For the mystery of iniquity doth always already work. Only he, he who now letteth, will let until he be taken out of the way.
2: Okay, who is this he that's going to be taken out of the way? Has to be the church. Can't be the Spirit. God's not going to take the Spirit from us. This letting is this letting is is an old King James way of saying resisting. Resist. It does not mean to allow; it means to resist. The other, he who now resists will, will will do so. We'll resist until he's taken out of the way. So, who's resisting the enemy? Showing the the Antichrist? We are. We're the church in in the world that's making a difference in the world, resisting the enemy. You you are the primary reason why Jesus does not has not come back yet, because he we we have uh, have not reached the full of God's heart and reaching reaching the lost. You don't want me saying no, that's far. Enough. Did you read verse seven?
0: Yeah. Okay. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume of the spirit of His mouth. And shall destroy
2: with the brightness of his coming. Okay, that's good enough. After the church is taken out, this all takes place. It's all you read all about it in the book of Revelation and Daniel and all that. If you want to, I don't care for I don't care to read it, but unless you think you need to be scared to death. <laughs> I like what Paul said in the last verse in First Thessalonians chapter four. We did not read that verse. First Thessalonians chapter four. It says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Most of the time when you hear end-time teaching, you're not comforted, are you? Are you? I never heard end-time teaching that comforted me at all. I read what Paul said about it. You can only get comfort from Paul's doctrine. Do you understand me? Okay, stay with that. Amen. Now the ninth thing is, Hold on to your seat. It comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. The ninth commandment of ignorance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4 and 5.
0: And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the Father fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of, of the creation.
1: This is
2: what some are saying.
0: For this they willingly... Are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, or in the water, and in the
2: water. All right. Hear me. This may shock you what I believe about this. Be not ignorant of a young creation. I refute the idea that the earth is billions of years old. It's just not. It can't be. It cannot be. Thousands, maybe not millions, not even billions. I heard a, heard a guy, a drunk, st- st- stumbled into a library and heard a speech on this. The guy said, the earth is going to blow up, the sun's going to blow up, and the earth's going to be consumed in three billion years. The drunk got all excited and scared. said, hey, when, when did you say? He said, three billion years. He said, oh, that's a relief. I thought you said three million. <laughs> It's going to happen sooner than that. In the beginning, in the beginning, God, real challenge to evolutionists right here. In the beginning, God. Our belief starts with that. In the beginning, God did what? Created the heavens and the earth. This cannot be proven scientifically, but neither can. This this is an evolutionist doctrine. One day, one time there was no time of day but once upon a time absolutely nothing exploded became absolutely everything yeah. uh, how did that happen well, I don't know how it started how do you know it happened then but well, we're here well how did it happen out of an explosion What did absolutely nothing exploded and became absolutely everything you see, no. That cannot be proven scientifically at all. Their their there, singularity moment, The first moment they say moment of singularity, cannot be proven in a science equation anyway. It's like it's like in the beginning, God cannot be proven in a scientific lab experiment. You have to take it by faith. Both of them have to take it by faith. Depends on your world view. What you want to believe. You see, they both must be taken by faith. It's about your worldview. Folks draw conclusions from what they believe, not not from facts. How many of you believe O.J. killed her? Let me see the hands. Everybody believe O.J. was guilty. Let me see your hands. See your hands. Let me see your hands. See your hands. You believe O.J. killed her? Of course you do. You know he did. No, he didn't. The facts said he was innocent. Facts said he was innocent. That's why the court said he was innocent. We all know different, don't we? We all know different. We all know different. You see, you can't trust the facts always. You're not going to believe the facts even when you see them. Remember the 12 spies? They went up into Israel to, to spy out the land. Ten came back with an evil report, the Bible says. Two came back with a good report. Ten came back and said the wrong thing. Two came back and said the right thing. They must remember they had all seen the same, the same thing. Yeah. So the report could not have been based on what they saw, but what they believed about what they saw. It's that way in life. Your life is going to go in the direction you, you really believe, what your heart believes. Life's going to go in that direction. Amen. Court cases can't prove a thing. All they can do is show, show the the mindset of the world. One evolutionist who wrote about this, they, he, in answer to C.S. Lewis's question, if if we if we were not created, why do we believe we were? If there is no crea- If there is no creator, why do we believe there is one? Where do we, where do where that start? would do, do do dogs believe in God? No. The monkeys believe in God? No. no. Well, it's the highest of man, highest of God's creations believe in God. All throughout the all throughout time, they have never in archaeological study ever unearthed on even one secular society. Not even one. Yeah. Through the thousands of years that they look through the dirt, they always find that they worship something. Men yeah. may not worship the true God, but they worship something yeah. in an attempt to f- preach the, the true God. In an attempt, all men worship because they believe in God. Hear me? Even the atheist. He just replaced God with himself. I'm right about that. One wrote, well, we believe in God because, uh, an atheist wrote this, the reason man believes in God is because he comes out of the womb you struck with this sense of awe. awe. <laughs> it must be a god. He 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 lays it at the feet of, of stupidity. The sense of awe is an inability to comprehend. That's what it's caused from an inability to comprehend. So he thinks he comprehended, and the first man didn't. <laughs> See that? How arrogant that is. Yeah. Sense of arrogance. He said, "Sense of awe." So that's true, and man is the highest form of biological creature on this planet. That sense of awe should have been should have been stronger in the monkey, the ape. Yeah, would it not? Yeah. and stronger in the dog and the right, on, right down the evolutionary chain, regressively. She gets to the one set of amoeba who doesn't have a brain a, at all. I'll be the most religious of all. Yeah. Uh, cats and dogs, I'll be dun- dancing in the street for Jesus today. <laughs> if he's right, uh-huh. it's just a sense of lack of knowledge that made, made us worship God. He should have been logically more, more religious, the stupider the animal he is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It's not true, though, is it? No, no. Never find, they never find animals worshiping any, anything. Any time they never, they never worship. Animals never worship. Man is never not worshipped. See my point? It can't be a sense of awe. It has to be something else innate, something else more innate, something else inside us. It is this this thing right here. It's a spirit that's in you. You are not a you are not a man with a spirit. You are a spirit with a man. You are a spirit that has a body and a soul. You possess a soul and body. You live in a body. You're not. A, you're not a. You're not a man with a suit with a spirit or a spirit with a man amen, amen. glory to God let'm me give you another proof what is this it's a hand looks a lot like a, a gorilla's foot too looks like a miss you, I'm a gorilla sometimes it's a gorilla's foot doesn't look like my foot does it any well, of you guys take your Can you take your shoe off for me? Huh? Take your shoe off, Israel. Hold up your foot. Which way does his Which way does his big toe point? Point straight forward, doesn't it? It, it? it points straight, doesn't it? His toe points straight. The, the gorilla, our, our closest relative, they say, his toe pointed like that. Still does to this day. They say it took a billion years for that toe to get from there to there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: There should be billions of, of life forms in our in, der, in the dirt that to have toes somewhere be- between. Yeah. Never even found one. That's right. Never even found one. They never even found one. You understand this?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That toe didn't travel from here to there.
1: That's right.
2: God created his toe pointing forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Adam had that kind of toe. It's the only, only, only kind of toe a man ever had. Yeah. Never had one that would travel from here to there, to there, to there, pointing <laughs> forward. didn't happen. Yep. Right. Or we found it in archaeology. found it in the bones. That's exactly what, what Darwin said. The fossil record will be the undoing of the theory. If you trust, if you follow the the real truth, the real facts about the fossil fossil record, you'll see that it to be true. And not even one of those. There should be billions of them, every place. Creatures with a toe halfway point, toe pointing out that way, kind of forty-five degree angle. And none of them. All right. Finally, number ten. Do not be ignorant of God's timetable. I'm not going to take very long with this. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8.
0: But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. This
2: one thing, remember.
0: That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day.
2: (laughs) He verse 9.
0: The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward.
2: Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. <laughs> Amen. That word of repentance for you and me is come to faith. Yes. This is Peter talking to the Jews, remember. Okay. I want you to understand that God told Adam in the day, in the day, in the day you, die, you eat that fruit, you'll die. That same day you're going to die. Well, we know from Paul that he did die. He did die spiritually that day, lost his spiritual life that day. But he also died within that thousand year day. No man ever recorded in the scriptures ever lived to be over a thousand, never lived, even made it to a thousand. The oldest one was Methuselah, He was nine hundred and sixty-nine years old. Adam lived nine nine hundred and thirty years. Okay? So uh so he died we, we died within within the, the thousand year day and that day spiritually, the first day. It's all true. But now, something spiritual about this, something powerful about this. Before the flood came, the seventh one from Adam was Enoch. And Enoch had a son. may know his name, his, Enoch's son's name? Methuselah. Enoch's son was Methuselah, the oldest man that ever lived. What made Methuselah live so long? His prophecies you find Enoch, Enoch prophesied. By putting it on his son's name. Methuselah means death, Muth, Shalak, Muth, Shalak, two Hebrew words. Muth means die, and Shalak means it comes or it is sent. Enoch prophesied with his son being born, saying, When he dies, it's coming. What's coming? The same year Enoch died, the same year Methuselah died, the flood came. Wow. Washed them all away. That's powerful right there. So, why did it take so long? Because God was waiting. God was waiting. Waiting. He didn't want to do that. He wait, waited for man to repent. Waited, 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 waited. waited Kept Methuselah alive as long as he could. But the prophet had already put the word out there. When he dies, judgment's coming. It shows the mercy of God on mankind. Giving him as much place to repent as he could. Today, he's waiting on you. Amen. Bow your heads with me, if you will. You came here today for one simple reason. To hear the word of God, the word of God will minister to you on all kinds of levels. I believe you receive something today from the Lord. I believe it, but you don't want to wait till you're dead to try to make make it right with God. Don't wait till the flood comes. Do it today. In the patience and mercy of God, He's waiting. His heart is wanting to get full of your your life, all of our lives. He's waiting on mankind to come to him, believe on him, believe in the gospel. What is the gospel, Holler? Well, the gospel says in, in, its, in, in its essence, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, just like the Bible says. Christ did it all. Our portion of this is to believe it, to receive it by faith. Like a little child to say, "I believe that. I believe that promise. I believe that promises for me that God is promising me. He took my sins away when Jesus died. Jesus became sin for me, and God punished Jesus like He's punishing sin. He blamed him for what I did. He blamed Jesus for what you did. Think of that, and put put you executed him for what you did. That means He can never judge you again, He already judged you in Christ." Once you get in Christ, it's a decision you have to make to come to know Him. Pastor Casey is going to come talk to you more about that.